Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 109. Ed, this is a recap show. Now, we're going to be uh, taking two divisions at a time each week. And we're going to be recapping how those teams inside those divisions did during the 2020 NFL Draft. And we're going to start with the AFC North. And let's start with the Baltimore Ravens, who had a 14-2 and record last year. They obviously fell flat in the playoffs, but Lamar Jackson won the MVP award. They had a great draft, Ed. Uh, let's start at the top. At the end of the first round, they addressed one of their needs. They went with uh, Patrick Queen, a linebacker from LSU. Yeah, and I, I think this is the move that it replaces C.J. Mosley. Um, you know, they've wanted to replace him. I mean, they lost him in free agency, and I think I think this is a good option. I, I, I actually had him as my number two linebacker, um, inside linebacker. So I, I, I like this pick. I mean, I think I think they started off well with this pick. And let's start with the second round, Ed. They didn't need a running back, but they couldn't pass up uh, a chance to to get J.K. Dobbins, a running back from Ohio State. And this guy is going to remind folks of Mark Ingram, who is on the Baltimore Ravens roster. A great three-down back. Yeah, I I think now they got a one-two combination. Mark Ingram's a little older, but J.K. Dobbins is a little younger and um, yeah, I, I, I like I like where they are at the running back position right now. Um, you know, this is this is a team that obviously has you know Lamar Jackson and all the things that he can do, but I mean they can they can still run the ball if they need to, which is which is typical. This is just back to being you know Baltimore Ravens football. And J.K. Dobbins fell a little bit. He was my number one running back on the board. He obviously had a tremendous junior season. Again, brings a lot to the table. He's He's got power. He's got balance. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's one of the better pass blockers in this draft. And I, I just think they got to steal in him. And to be honest with you, Mark Ingram might be expendable in training camp if, if J.K. Dobbins comes along. And they might get rid of Mark Ingram and just plug in J.K. Dobbins. And he's going to be the starter out there. You know, the Ravens did a lot of work. In round three, Ed, uh, they added Justin Matobuke, uh, Texas A&M defensive lineman. They went with the slot receiver, Devin Duvernay from Texas. They added Malik Harrison, another inside linebacker from Ohio State. And they added an offensive lineman, Tyree Phillips from Mississippi State. Who was the best pick uh, as far as you're concerned uh, in the third round out of those guys that I listed? You know, I, I like the Malik Harrison pick. Uh, you know, just another just another kind of inside linebacker. He probably won't start right away, but, you know, he could be kind of a bruiser for them. Uh, you know, he's a guy I talked to a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Um, I like him. But, I mean, there's just, there's just uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Matabuke pick, but, I mean, they, they waited till the third round to take him, so I, I give them credit for that. Um and I, I also, I also like. I mean, Duvernay. I mean, isn't just like a a guy to just skip over. I mean, this is this is a guy who's got the speed, and you know, he's got some size for a slot guy. And um, you know, I, 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 from talking to him, he sounds like a tough kid. Um, you know, kind of fits that Baltimore Ravens mold. So I, I really like, I really like what they did um, in this part of the draft as well. 
Yeah, Duvernay stepped up during his senior year and just had an outstanding senior campaign. And uh, we, we saw that. I mean, he's got 4-3 speed, and he's like a running back out there. It's tough to bring him down after the catch because he's just going to run you over. He's got a powerful, strong lower body, and uh, he just refuses to go down. He was certainly uh, tough to, uh, to cover. Uh, during his last year at, at Texas. I look at those day three picks, and Ben Bredesen, an offensive guard from Michigan in the fourth round, Broderick Washington from Texas Tech, another defensive lineman, James Prochet in the sixth round, another slot receiver, and Geno Stone, who we uh, raved about, a seventh-round pick safety out of Iowa. Uh, who was... Who was your favorite guy here out of those day three picks? I really like the James Prochet pick. I mean, I think I think you know being an SMU guy was what kind of pushed him down. But you know, he he really showed good tape uh, at SMU, and I think I think he's I think he's uh, you know I I think I think he was a. I mean, I, I think if any reason that he slipped to the sixth round, it's really just that this was a very good wide receiver class because this is this is like a guy who could who I I could see being like a third round wide receiver. Yeah, he definitely slipped, and I think that the Ravens might have gotten a steal here and James Prochet. So what was your uh, what is your grade for the Baltimore Ravens? I think they had an outstanding draft. I actually believe when I handed out grades, I gave them the, the highest grade. I gave them an A. So I'm, I, I think the Ravens just did an outstanding job in the 2020 NFL draft. What's your grade for the Baltimore Ravens? You know, I, g- I gave them an A-. Uh... You know, I'm just hard to give people an A. Um, there's always, you know, when you pick that many times, I, you know, there's a couple picks that I'm like, ah, uh, you know, you could have hit better on them. So, um, you know, I was being difficult, but yeah, A minus. I mean, I, I think, I think it, and I think it's consistent. I don't think it's just us. I think a lot of, a lot of the, uh, the draft Knicks out there, you know, they, they kind of agree that, uh, you know, this, this was a, this was this was the pick. I mean, this was this was a great draft for the Baltimore Ravens, and not only are they one of, one of the better teams in the league now, um, they they also had a great draft. So they're just reloading. So they they really they're really in a franchise in a great position right now. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. They needed a quarterback at the top. They got rid of Andy Dalton. And Joe Burrow was their man with the number one overall pick, a quarterback out of LSU. Yeah, I mean, I I think Joe Burrow was the right decision here. You know, he's a winner. Um, you know, he he has great accuracy. Um, you know, I I just I uh, he he had to be the guy, and I think I think they even told Joe Burrow. I mean, a lot of years like the first pick is kind of like, well, I just found out. But I mean, Joe Burrow was like, no, I've been studying the playbook for a couple of weeks by the time the draft started. So um, they they want to get him out on the field as soon as possible. And, um, you know, this is his team now. And, you know, the, the rest of, you know, future drafts are going to be about building for him um, and building a team around him. At the top of the second round, they needed a wide receiver with A.J. Green coming back from injury. They to be honest with you, they only have Tyler Boyd as a slot receiver. T. Higgins was the player selected at the top of the second round out of Clemson. And the funny story is, Ed, Burrow and T. Higgins were actually working out together in the same facility. So they, they've got that familiarity with one another. 
Yeah, and I, I like this pick a lot. Um, T. Higgins, you know, he may not have had the best combine, but, I mean, you know, he had great tape. I mean, he was a really good receiver at Clemson. He was on a winner, and I, I, I think I think very highly of this pick. I think I think this is a guy who, you know, could be – I mean, I, 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 you know, if you're if you're a Bengals fan, you hope AJ Green is back and you know Barrera to go, and you 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 sort of hope you know you can have T Higgins be your number two. Yeah, obviously the Bengals had to address their linebacker position. That was uh, a position of need for them. And at the top of the third round, they went with Wyoming inside linebacker Logan Wilson. At the top of the fourth round, they went with. Appalachian State outside linebacker Akeem Davis Gaither. Yeah, I, I like the Logan Wilson pick. Uh, you know, guy who great athlete. Um, you know, was still productive at uh, um, Wyoming. Um, you know, this is a guy I sat down and interviewed with, you know, face to face, and uh, the guy looked exhausted from the process because he had just come back from the combine, and then he re- he had his pro day right after that, and you know they put him through some sort of testing and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, it just, just, I, I get the impression, you know, not only, not only a great athlete, but also, uh, you know, just a good kid from, you know, he's from Wyoming. That's why he played at Wyoming. And, um, you know, he was successful in, in his high school years, um, you know, won, won some national championships and actually in all his sports, I think, I think he, every season of sports he played, he won a national championship. So he comes from a good high, high school program and, um, yeah, I, th- there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to think Logan Wilson will be just a good pro. Well, he's a great athlete. He came in as a wide receiver prospect who became a linebacker. So, you know, he's got speed, he's got good ball skills, and he's very good in pass coverage. He's exactly the type of linebacker that NFL teams uh, covet nowadays, a three down guy. And Logan Wilson can definitely uh, fit the mold. How about those day three picks? Um, what'd you like the most about the Bengals selections? I mean, I I, I wasn't like really high on any of them. Akeem uh, uh was a guy who played at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I guess I guess I don't know. I still think he can be a tackle. Um, but you know, a lot of people are saying he's a guard. You know, I I think I think he's so he's shows some things as a tackle. I mean, he's not going to be you know, your, your day one left tackle. But I think, I think it's an interesting pick. I mean, it's, if, if, if he were like a third round pick, I'd be concerned, but you know, being a sixth round pick, I think it was a worthy pick. Let's get your grade uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ed, uh, what do you give them? Obviously Joe Burrow, T Higgins, Logan Wilson. Uh, what, what's your grade for the Cincinnati? Bengals? I give them a B plus. You're actually being very fortunate with, with teams in the, in the AFC North. All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. As far as I'm concerned, they aced this draft when it comes to those first two picks. They got their left tackle of the future in Jedrick Wells Jr. out of Alabama, and they got Grant Delpit, who we consider uh, top 15, top 20 player in this draft in the second round, safety out of LSU. I, I like it. You know, Jedrick Willis, even though he was a right tackle at Alabama, um, you know, he. I think he can be a left tackle in the NFL. So um, I think I think this was a good move. Uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns need, were left tackle away from really completing their offense. Um, I also really like the Grant Delpit pick. I think he's... Um, you know, I think I think he's he's a complete safety. I know he played hurt, but um, 
you know, I th- I think I think that's what really he should be he should be considered for is he played hurt and yeah he had he you know scouts say he should have been making those tackles anyway but you know what I I give him a pass for playing hurt and I think when he's healthy when he's ready I think he's the best safety in this draft. When you look in the third round, the the Browns decided to go with a couple of players from the SEC conference. Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle from Missouri, who was a transfer from Texas. I know there were some people that were really high on him. I, I don't get it, but I understand that they went with, with the big defensive tackle in the third round. And then they chose Jacob Phillips, another inside linebacker out of LSU. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not huge on either of these picks. Uh you know, for third round picks, I, I I don't I don't quite understand them. They're more day three guys for me. Um, but you know, I think I think there are some there are some nice day three picks that I want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're a big fan of Harrison Bryant, the tight end from Florida Atlantic, who the Browns selected in the fourth round. And I know that you're a, a big fan of Nick Harris, the center from Washington, who went in the fifth round. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think Harrison Bryan is a guy who showed at Florida Atlantic that, you know, he can help you in the receiving game, and I think he can help you in the blocking game. Um, Nick Harris, I think, I think is just an underrated. I think he's just a good uh, center. Um, you know, I, I, I think he was my most underrated center. You know, I guess, I guess you know, he's kind of a sleeper because he was projected to go day three. He went day three. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this is – this guy can be a good center in the league. So I, I, I like that pick for sure. In the sixth round, the Cleveland Browns decided to uh, go with the boom or bust type of prospect in Donovan Peoples-Jones. He came in as a five-star recruit, was the top receiver in his class, never really developed at Michigan, had a lot of injuries, but he tested through the roof at the scouting combine. He's got speed, he's got athleticism, he's got size. So I'm not surprised that the Cleveland Browns decided to uh, take a chance on the on the talented Don, Donovan Peoples Jones out of Michigan. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this pick. I, I would have won other places with that pick, but um, you know I I mean he was he was a guy who got a name at Michigan for sure. But um, yeah, that wouldn't be where I would go with that pick. Let's actually get your grade on the Cleveland Browns. Ed, are we continuing to to be generous with? With how teams did in the AFC North, yeah, I, I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, not every pick I loved, but I, I, I mean, I, I think they made some good. They made some good picks early. Uh, the third round kind of brings my grade down, so I'm going to give them a B minus. Let's go with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody knows that you uh, you root for this team, and it seems like every time you give out grades for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're extremely harsh. Uh, I remember last year, uh, you weren't too high on on their draft, but those guys that they did pick up in the early rounds, they contributed and they they did well. So the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously didn't have a first round pick because they spent it in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. And uh, so that was out. But in the second round, I guess the Steelers didn't really surprise anyone. They went with the wide receiver. They usually go and select wide receivers on day two. But I think you and I are a bit surprised with who they decided to select. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a part of me that kind of understands this pick, you know, just because he's got the measurables of Martavis Bryant and 
Uh, you know, he's got the size and the speed, and I and that's and that's the exact reason that he was picked here. But um, you know, I just I just don't like the pick because I I feel like he has trouble getting off the line of scrimmage. I don't like the pick because I don't think he's a great route runner. Um, I think he's very raw. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's he's a guy who I think in year one is really going to be a special teams player. I think I think they're going to really rely on James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and uh, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to be their their primary receivers. But I mean, obviously, if there's an injury, I mean, you don't know you don't know where the Steelers will go. They might be forced to go with Chase Claypool because uh, you know they they got Ryan you know Ryan. Uh, uh, Ryan Switzer, I, I want to say Ryan Shazier, but it's Ryan Switzer, uh, you know, who's more of a return man, and Dion Kane, who's still kind of a relative unknown, a guy they signed off a practice squad, and I, I think they want to give him a shot, but, so, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I hope I'm wrong, and you know what, a lot of teams have taken great athletes and molded them into good football players, um, and that's what my hope is as a Steeler fan, but, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm, if I'm wearing the GM hat, this isn't where I would go with that pick. Well, actually Chase Claypool, uh, when I look at him, when I studied him on film, I didn't see a guy that ran a four, four, he runs a four, four in shorts, but I see more of a four, six guy with his pads on. So he's not as quick or as fast as his testing numbers show at the scouting combine so that's the first thing that stands out another thing you mentioned he's going to play on special teams it was actually a stat i saw he led his team in kickoff coverage and punt coverage tackles in 2017 when he was a young player so claypool can develop into a special teams ace based on what he did at notre dame but i question this pick ed i really do he's an athlete i don't think he's there yet and to me, it's just, yeah, I, I think the Steelers are going to miss on this pick when, when it comes down to this. They, they did well last year with Deontay Johnson, but had some misses in the past. And I just, I'm not a believer in Chase Claypool. And I actually believe that if Chase Claypool wants to have a long career in the NFL, he should just switch to tight end. He should become that pass catching tight end because he's going to be a mismatch for most safeties and most linebackers he's faster than most linebackers he's stronger than most safeties i mean we saw that what darren waller did last year with the with the now las vegas raiders and uh, i just think chase claypool can be that type of generational type of tight end talent but he sees himself as a wide receiver and obviously after the way he tested most teams see him as a wide receiver but I'm just not a believer in him. In the third round, Ed, Alex Highsmith from Charlotte is a player that I really love. Yeah, I mean, he, he fits into their system. And, uh, you know, he he's a small school guy, which is the reason they got him in the third round. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a great pick. I mean, I, I really I really like where the Steelers are at at the outside linebacker position, you know, just that edge rushers. I mean, you got, you got T.J. Watt, you got Bud Dupree, and then you got Alex Highsmith, and I, I also like this guy Ola Danier. 
um, you know, who's an undrafted free agent. And I think he's done a good job in preseason with the Steelers. You know, he hasn't gotten in the field as much, but, um, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to feature for their offense or for their defense a little bit too. So, um, this is a position of strength for the Steelers. You know, it's a, it's a really key position, especially to the way the Steelers execute their defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, some, there, there is a chance that, you know, Bud Dupree doesn't sign a long-term deal. And, you know, Alex Highsmith is their outside linebacker in year two. Tell us about what the Steelers did on, on day three. Just describe those those four prospects that they picked up on day three. Yeah, uh, Anthony McFarlane, I don't like the pick because, uh, you know, just the character issues. I know, I know that, you know, there's a connection between Tomlin and, you know, Dino Tomlin, his son, plays at Maryland, so we know something about him, but... Um, you know, I, 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 I actually liked, uh, his backup at Maryland better. I thought he, his backup at Maryland had a really good tape. Um, you know, he's kind of going to be a speed back. I mean, he might help him on special teams, maybe return kicks. Um, you know, if he could return punts, that would be great. But he's, he's kind of that third down back, maybe help you on special teams, maybe be a scout back kind of, kind of guy for them. So, I mean, that's kind of the upside of that pick. Um, Kevin Dotson, um... I like this pick a lot. You know, he's a guy we interviewed. Um, I think he could. I think he could develop into a guard. Um, you know, David DeCastro is hitting thirty, so that's you know that's kind of a big benchmark for uh, you know when 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 offensive linemen start to age. And obviously, they're you know they don't have a left guard right now, and so they might have to go with Wisniewski or they might move Matt Filer there. So um, this is this is really a. Uh, you know, I th- I think he he he's he's a need, and I think I think he could be a fit, and I think he'll play. I think they'll have him play a little bit of center, and um, yeah, hopefully you know hopefully he can develop into a starting guard on uh, on this team. Um, going next to Antoine Brooks, um, I what I like about Antoine Brooks is I like his pass defense. Um, maybe he gets on the field, maybe in like dime packages. Um, that's, that's the best case scenario. I think they would, might, they might use an extra linebacker instead of dime, you know, use Ulysses S. Grant or Ulysses Gilbert, um, in that role. But I think there is a chance that, uh, Antoine Brooks is, um, used. I mean, they needed, they needed a safety. I thought they waited a little bit longer in the sixth round, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think he has a good attitude. Um, just talking to him at the senior bowl and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm okay with this pick, you know, especially in the sixth round. And then uh, the seventh round pick is Carlos Davis, which is, you know, the Steelers usually with their seventh round pick, they like to pick either a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman and develop them. And um, I, I, I could see him kind of being a guy who, you know, goes on the, on the practice squad. He has great measurables. Um, I, I don't love his production at Nebraska. Um, you know, he's not, he's not, he's definitely not a finished product, but, you know, you know, he's kind of a guy the Steelers will try to develop. All right, let's exhale. And I don't want you to be too harsh when it comes to the Steelers. I don't want you to give them a, a really low grade here. But I want to hear it. I want to find out what you have in store for your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to their grade. I, my my, uh, my pick was uh, I gave them a C-. minus. Um, I am open-minded to the fact that they that they they drafted a few projects. So they drafted a few guys that they can develop. I, I you know, and I like the Highsmith pick and I like the Dotson pick. So, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally hammer them. I I do like their draft this year better than I like their draft last year. All right, that's that's actually pretty promising. You still gave them a a pretty low grade, but uh, you actually mentioned that you like their draft a little bit better than last year. All right, let's move on to the NFC North, and let's start with the Chicago Bears. And the Bears didn't have a first round pick because they obviously uh, traded for Khalil Mack. And they, they didn't have the 2020 first-round pick. But the Bears decided to spend their second-round pick on Cole Komet. And, and I know that the Bears signed veteran Jimmy Graham in the offseason. And they cut Trey Burton. So they needed to find a difference maker at the tight end position. They needed to find somebody that they can develop. Because, hey, let's be honest here. Jimmy Graham has seen better days. And uh, they decided to go with the... Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this pick. Um, you know, I, I think there were tight ends that I liked better. Um, I'm just not really a huge fan of this tight end class in general. Well, I, I'm sure we're going to get excited about the tight end class in next year's draft, but I agree with you. This, this tight end class was underwhelming to say the least. And with the second second round pick. Uh, they decided to go with the cornerback from Utah. They selected Jalen Johnson. Yeah, just the thing I don't like about Jalen Johnson is they asked him to execute a zone, and um, I didn't think he was very good at doing that. And uh, it it kind of brings up questions about whether he could he could he could do the man coverage scheme either. So um, I, I I this was one of my most overrated. Um, so I I don't like this pick either from the Bears. So Ed believes that Jalen Johnson is one of the more overrated players. I, I tend to agree with him as well. And then they didn't have a pick until the fifth round. And let's, let's cheer up all those Chicago Bears fans because we're being really pessimistic here. I mean, we actually like some of their picks on day three. I know you're a big fan of the, the pass rusher out of Tulsa, Travis Gibson. Yeah, I, re- I really liked what I saw from his tape. I mean, for a fifth-round pick, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, you know, he, he could he could sort of play in that 3-4 uh, defense, and I think he could be that sort of 3-4 defensive end. So, you know, he, coming from Tulsa, he kind of fell a little bit. But, yeah, I, th- I think this is my favorite pick of, uh, of the Chicago Bears. With another fifth-round pick, they went with the Georgia Southern cornerback, Kendall Vildor, who we saw at the Senior Bowl. I think he's feisty. He's physical. Uh, he plays much bigger than what his size indicates. And he, there was a game against LSU. He faced those top receivers in the beginning of the 2019 season. I think he—I believe that he held up well. And I also like the Darnell Mooney pick, the wide receiver from Tulane. This guy's quick. He's got 4-3 speed. He can stretch the field, and he's a good route runner. He just needs to cut down on those drops. But I thought Darnell Mooney was a very underrated prospect in this process as well. When you look at those Bears selections, Ed, what's your grade for Chicago? I, I gave them a C plus. All right, all right. I mean, obviously we, we weren't big fans of their first two picks in, in the second round. Detroit Lions, they decided to go with the consensus number one cornerback in the draft, Jeff Akuda, and they selected him with that third overall pick. Yeah, I, I do like this pick. I mean, I mean, it seemed like they really wanted to get Jeff Okuda. I do think they could have traded down, um, you know, 
I mean, you they could have traded down, like given the pick to the Chargers or something for Herbert. But it seemed like the Chargers and the Dolphins knew that they could wait and get Tua and, and Herbert. So, yeah, might as well take the guy you want. And they need a corner. And, you know, just that, just that sort of uh, Patriot way, you know, Matt Patricia defense. I mean, they, they always rely on a shutdown corner. And I think this is this is the guy they envisioned being that. Well, the Lions needed help in the backfield. Carrion Johnson missed the final six games in the 2018 season with a knee injury. He underwent knee surgery last year, and he missed another six games in 2019. Johnson is a good player. He just can't stay healthy, and that's the reason why they decided to uh, pick up the versatile back out of Georgia and DeAndre Swift at the top of the second round. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like DeAndre Swift. Uh, I don't always love I don't always love drafting running backs early, but you know what? It kind of reminds me a little bit of, too of the way the Patriots would do things. You know, getting getting a small running back who's got a lot of talent, and uh, so DeAndre Swift is their guy. So this is a good fit for DeAndre Swift. In the third round, they went with Julian Aquora at the edge rusher from Notre Dame. He gets reunited with his brother Romeo Aquora, who who has been with the Lions the past couple of years. And then they um, also drafted an offensive guard from Ohio State, Jonah Jackson. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the Aquara pick. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think some people thought he was going to go pretty high. And uh, I, just, I, I just didn't see the tape from him that really uh, made me want to draft him that high. Um, but Jonah Jackson... Um, I, I, I like this pick. Um, I, I, I'm surprised they took him as early as they did. Um, I, I defend the pick. You know, I think he's a good, I think he's a good, uh, guard. Um, you know, especially, especially teams now, you know, um, the, with the way the roster set up, you know, they want you to carry eight linemen, uh, on game day now. And so, um, you know, you can kind of, you don't have to have that kind of center swing guard and that, you know, sort of swing tackle. Now you can kind of have a center, a guard, and a tackle. Or, I mean, you can, you could, you could mix it up any way you want. But, um, you know, with it, I think, I think this draft class had some sort of late round, mid to late round guards. And uh, this was, this was an example of one that I think was a good pick. When you look at those day three picks for the Detroit Lions, who was your uh, favorite selection? Gosh, I wasn't really a fan of any of them. Um, I didn't really. All right, we got to defend one. We got to defend one. You got to say some nice things at least about one player. I'll tell you one player. I thought John Pinicini, uh, defense, defensive tackle from Utah, I think he's a good player. I think he can play some five technique for them. I think he can play on the outside or on the inside. He gives you that versatility. He's a very good run defender. And I think John Penicini is going to be a player that that gets in the rotation, even as a rookie. There's just not there's just not a pick here that excites me. I mean, I I, I watched the film on Logan Stenberg, and I I wasn't impressed with him. I know I know you know I went to Kentucky Pro Day, and they sort of talked him up, and I I sort of expected better, and um, so I wasn't impressed with him. So I I, I I'm not impressed with their day three. Quintus uh, Cephas, a wide receiver from Wisconsin, I thought in the fifth round. He's got a good frame. He's a strong runner after the catch. He's got good body control. I think he's got to cut down on those drops a little bit. Doesn't have you know deep, that speed um, at the position that you would like. But I think he's one of those possession receivers that could stick at the next level. 
Give me a grade for the Detroit Lions. I give them a B minus. I like what they did at the top half. All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. And and the Green Bay Packers shocked the world, but I guess we shouldn't be shocked because 15 years ago, I mean, they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre, and they went that same road. Uh, they moved up in the first round. They traded up to the 26th overall pick, and they drafted the Utah State quarterback, Jordan Love. Yeah, you just you just thought one team would love him. Uh, you know, I think Jordan Love's been inconsistent. I mean, I th- I think the idea is to develop him just in the same way that uh, that that the st- you know the 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 Packers. I'm sorry, the Packers. You know, they dra- they developed Aaron Rodgers and that worked out very well after Brett Favre. And uh, the hope is is that he can continue that tradition of great quarterback play. And so, um, you know, maybe Jordan Love is that guy, but um, I. I, I sort of sometimes I sort of sometimes worry about the idea of a developmental quarterback. You know, a guy you leave on the sidelines for so many years. I mean, sometimes for me, it's like you either you either have it or you don't. Uh, you know, I I, I, w- I wouldn't be comfortable if they had to start him this year. But I I mean, just one thing I want do want to say is Aaron Rodgers is not leaving Green Bay. Um, I know there's like a lot of talk on the internet about you know Aaron Rodgers going somewhere else, but. You know, he, he, he owns that team. I mean, he, he has the most political pull on that team of anybody. And, I mean, yeah, they drafted a guy behind him, and I'm sure he wanted some pieces to help him out. But, um, you know, the, they, they made that move so that they continue to have good quarterback play. I'm just going to say, Ed, history repeats itself. And nobody thought that Brett Favre would be playing for the Minnesota Vikings and, and the New York Jets, and he did. And he was a god in Green Bay country. Aaron Rodgers is not as beloved as as Brett Favre once was in the 1990s. Um, obviously, he delivered the Super Bowl, and he's been a great player, but history repeats itself, Ed, and there's a reason why the Green Bay Packers chose a talented quarterback out of Utah State in the first round. They do believe that he is the future in the next couple of years. Hopefully, he, he pans out. In the second round, Boston College running back A.J. Dillon, I think he surprised a lot of people at the scouting combine. The guy checked in at 6 feet, 247 pounds, but he ran a 4.54, which is insane. It's kind of like what Derrick Henry did a few years back when he came out, shocking a lot of people and, and delivering the same 40 time out there. What do you think about this pick? I mean, this is one of their better picks, but I, I don't... Uh... I don't love taking a running back, you know, so high. Um, I know they don't really have, you know, a feature back right now. So, um, you know, A.J. Dillon also carried a lot of the load at, at Boston College. And so, um, you know, there's going to be some tread on him. I don't know how many years they're going to get out of him. So, um, you know, he's he's really – they spent a second-round pick, and they really they really just got kind of a stopgap at, at running back. Well, they have Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones had is coming off his best year. So I would say he is the top back, and A.J. Dillon is going to be that complementary piece, especially in, in goal line situations and then those short yardage situations. In the third round, I was kind of surprised, Ed. Josiah DeGuara, uh, the tight end slash H-back out of Cincinnati, I just thought he was more of a late-round pick than, than a third-round guy. Yeah, I mean, Degar Degar wasn't wasn't uh, my favorite pick of day three. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually kind of surprised that that's where they went with the pick. Um, 
you know, I, I wish they, I wish they had gone somewhere else. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, I just thought, I just thought after round three, they really, they really didn't, they didn't really, they didn't really stand out with any of their picks. Well, when, in on day three, what surprised me, the Packers usually pick wide receivers on day three, but I was surprised that they didn't draft the guy in the sixth or the seventh round. They usually do. They usually take those guys like the Steelers do on day two. They pick up physical freaks that they can develop. And the Green Bay Packers have done a great job developing those wide receivers. They surprised me there. But the one thing that I noticed on day three, there was a theme. They decided to improve their offensive line or bring in more depth. John Runyon in the sixth round out of Michigan, the offensive who played offensive tackle, but he projects as a guard. Jake Hansen, the center from Oregon. Uh, Simon Stepaniak, uh, offensive tackle from Indiana. So there's a theme there. They did bring in some help, hopefully in the future, for Aaron Rodgers. And we're hoping that some of these guys, some of these offensive linemen, develop into starters. Fair enough. Um... All right, what's your grade for the for the Green Bay Packers? I, I, I realize that you were harsh with Jordan Love out there. How low is this grade going to be? You know, I, I thought about giving them a D, but I'm going to give them a C- minus in case Jordan Love turns out to be a good quarterback. All right, so you're, uh, you know, uh, you gave them the same grade you gave your Steelers. I, I would assume C- minus was probably your your lowest grade. Yeah, correct? yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just not, I, I'm just not certain. I mean, I mean, you know, taking, Jordan Love intrigues me. I mean, the idea intrigues me. It's just... It's just I, I my my best guess is it wasn't worth trading up for him. Well, we'll see. We'll find out in a couple of years if he does become the the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. The Minnesota Vikings, the last team that we're gonna recap on this draft show here. The Minnesota Vikings, they had fifteen picks. It's an insane number. I actually thought that the Vikings would do a little more wheeling and dealing, maybe especially on day three to to move up and, and get that guy, but that's not what they did. Obviously, they stayed put and decided to get pick up more players, get more depth, uh, because they lost a few players in free agency and they traded away Stefan Diggs. And by trading Stefan Diggs to Buffalo, they decided to replace him with Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU, and he was their first pick in the first round. Yeah, Justin Jefferson was a better pick than uh, the guy who we went before him, uh, the TCU, the TCU project, uh, Jalen Rager. But uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson, you know, I, I think he's more of a second round guy, but uh, you know, he was very productive. He was a big part of that LSU team and. Um, you know, I, I think I think he's he's probably the best slot guy in this in this draft. Yeah, Justin Jefferson is a fantastic player. Let's that's not undersell him at 111 receptions for over a thousand yards. This guy's got a good catching radius. Um, he obviously had his most productive season out of the slot. He runs really good routes. He can get open. And uh, the one thing that was a question mark for a lot of people, including myself, was his speed. I thought he was more of a 4-5 guy. At the scouting combine, he ran a 4-4, and that's the reason why he was selected here in the first round. Teams were comfortable with that time, and they're like, hey, Justin Jefferson is the total package now. So I'm not surprised that he went 
22nd overall. At the end of the first round, I guess we're not surprised. I mean, Mike Zimmer loves cornerbacks. He loves to develop them. If you look at the Minnesota Vikings drafts over the past five, six years, there's always a cornerback selected in the first round. And this guy this year, it's Jeff Gladney out of TCU with that 31st overall pick. You know, when I first when I first thought about it, I, I, I didn't like it. But you know, when I when I kind of contemplated it more, I was like, this is actually a very good pick in the in the in the end of the first round. I mean, you know, Gladney Gladney is a good cover corner. He wasn't from a big school, but um, you know, he he wasn't from a small school either. So um, yeah, I I I defend this pick for the for the Minnesota Vikings. In the second round, Ezra Cleveland, uh, the left tackle out of Boise State. You know, I'm not a believer in Riley Reef. He is, he was a starter at left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, but I'm not a believer in him. I think he should slide inside. So I think there's a very big possibility that Ezra Cleveland starts as a rookie at left tackle for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I think Ezra Cleveland was probably their best pick. I know he was a second round pick, but. Um, I like this pick the best, and I think the only reason they got him in the second round was because there's so much talent in the first round at, at offensive tackle. You know, there are a lot of teams that stay away from corners that run a 4-6 during the scouting combine, and that's what Cameron Danzler did. But this guy, this guy, had very put together really two good years in the SEC. And that's the best conference in college football. And when you look at what he did in the 2019 season against some of the top receivers out there, he matched up really, really well. He's got good length. He's got the ball skills. He's got very good instincts and coverage. And Cameron Danzler, the Minnesota Vikings decided to take a chance on the third round. But there are plenty of teams that... It was a red flag for them because this guy ran a 4-6 at the scouting combine. What do you think of this pick in the third round? Yeah, I, I, I like Cameron Danzler. Um, you know, I, I think third round was probably a more appropriate place to take him. I mean, if he was a first or second round picker, I probably wouldn't be as impressed with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can never have enough corners. And um, the, the Vikings franchise has definitely run their way. Let's talk about, there are a lot of day three picks for the Minnesota Vikings. Give me your favorite selection on day three. Gosh, uh, you know, I think I think a guy like Josh Metalis intrigues me. You know, I, I think Troy Dye is worth looking at. Um, you know, there's so, there's so many, I can't just name one. Um, I think Nate Stanley, I mean, you know, he, he, might, he might stick around. He's a seventh-round pick, but he might stick around as, like, number three quarterback, maybe develop into a number two quarterback in the NFL. He's got a shot. He, he certainly has a shot. He's an intriguing developmental type of guy who started a lot of games at Iowa. I'm a big fan of James Lynch, uh, defensive lineman out of Baylor. Uh, he won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to play defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. I just think he needs to bulk up a little bit more. But this guy's got good pass rush repertoire moves, and he can get after the quarterback. And his motor is always running. And I just think Mike Zimmer is going to love James Lynch in that defensive line rotation. All right, Ed, 15 picks. Last team that, that's on our radar out here. What's your grade for the Minnesota Vikings? Gosh, I, I gave them a B, um, you know, and, and, and this is a little bit of a hedge. It's just that they had so many picks that they have to hit on some guys. You know, there's some guys 
There's just just with the sheer number of picks. I do think Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, and Ezra Cleveland were, you know, very, you know, very logical picks for them. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I give them a B. And you know, I think I think they're gonna hit on some other guys. So, um, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the maybe maybe this is a good strategy for teams is just to trade down and accumulate picks and see who hits. 15 picks is, is a lot of selections, and the Minnesota Vikings, obviously. I mean, if they hit on half of these guys, <laughs> Mike Zimmer and uh, you know the rest of that front office is still going to have a job for the next five years. So even with Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, that puts a wrap on the AFC North and the NFC North divisions. Next week, we'll come back with two more divisions that will recap the the draft picks and uh, we'll see how it goes for them thank you for listening to blitzcast take care